Hey guys, Jake the Podcast Guy here, and welcome to Sunday Night Teacher Talk on Teacher Class Off Radio, where CJ Reynolds answers your questions live and in real time. You can participate in the show every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Real Rap with Reynolds YouTube channel. If you miss the live show, don't worry. Each episode is uploaded the following Monday to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also join our Facebook group to communicate with other educators from around the world. Now, on to the episode. And there we are. We're back, wife. Hooray! Um, someone told me recently, one of my mentors told me, I don't know, I get I get times mixed up at this point, but that to, you have to do, I think it's do, be, have. So to do more, you have to be more. And when you be more, you can have more. And so that's with anything. So what, what that means to me is... Um, that if I want to be a better educator, if I want to be a better teacher, if I want to be a better business uh, owner, a better father, a better husband, then I have to be more. But the way to be more is to work on you, right? I heard someone else say this week on an interview somewhere that said, if you don't know what to work on, like if you're stuck, work on you. And I love that because it, it is, you know, I, I think as educators, we put ourselves in the back seat. Often we put everybody else in front of us. And if you want to do more, but if you're, if you're losing your mind by doing that, right, you just like can't catch up or you think, you know, after this next project, <laughs> after this next weekend, after this next situation, then I'm going to, I'm going to take care of business. Then I'm going to focus on me. And the fact of the matter is that it has to be now. And that can be in very little ways and it can be in much, much bigger ways, but focusing on you has to has to has to happen and so that's one of the things we talked about in the lesson planning process yesterday in the lesson planning workshop um and you know it's just it's the truth so look one of the ways you're doing that is showing up here it is a sunday afternoon well in here in philly anyway sunday afternoon it is beautiful out today and you are watching something so that maybe you become a little bit of a better teacher, a little bit more of yourself, a little bit more walking into your purpose when you go into the classroom tomorrow. And so, um, so if you were, I, I didn't want anyone to like beat themselves up, but like, yo, look, you're already doing it. So keep going. So this is Sunday night teacher talk. My name is CJ Reynolds. I run this YouTube channel, real rap with Reynolds, um, with our team and, uh, of, of rascals. I, I refer to them as, which my wife loves my love life. My wife, she loves being called a rascal. Don't yeah. you? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, I knew it. Um, you little rascal. Can't you see how enthused I am about that? Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see it. No one else can because you're not on camera. You look very pretty today, though. Oh, I wish thank you. You could come over here on camera. But um, the I know someone was just like, what about all the other days? She doesn't look pretty then. Or maybe that was just my <laughs> internal voice. So look, gang, the whole, the whole idea of this is to meet you where you are. Hop on, um, ask a question in the comment section. We are streaming live on YouTube, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitch now, on Twitter. Um, And I don't know if anyone watches on Twitch, but I'm trying to cut down walls, chop down walls that might otherwise. Twitch is new. I think this is our first week streaming over on Twitch. So if you're there, if there's teachers there, I mean, let us know and maybe go over there and watch. I have no idea. Go see what Twitch is about. Twitch it up. Your students are on Twitch. They are. They're probably. probably watching gaming videos right now. <clears throat> yes. All right. Um, are you ready to jump into some yeah. questions? Brittany's on Twitch. We're going to have to follow her. Oh, that's right. Brittany. 
She yes, made all the beautiful resources. Like- Anyone that got one of any of those beautiful resources for the uh for the thing. For the workshop. <laughs> this is a great mug someone gave me. This is a kid gave this to me. Or actually his mom. Um and has school rules, but it's all really it's really kind stuff. I like this mug. All Go right. Ahead, our Let's first question. Our first question is coming from Miss Gonzalez, but she's actually posting for someone else who said that they weren't going to be here today. So oh. I love this. I love this little community, and they do stuff like that. Amazing. How wonderful, right? Um, she said. I think she emailed it to her for for today. Okay. So Justine is really asking. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. She said she read the question in the book about you taking kids to Belize. So the yeah. question is, can could you talk about your experience? Wants to know more about tours, safety, and fundraising. So I took my students to Belize and to Costa Rica. We were supposed to go to Japan, but um, that got canceled because of COVID. And then the tours like didn't open up fast enough. And so we just ended up, that was the only two trips I got to take. Um, hopefully not the last two trips that I got to take, but... We chose Costa Rica and Belize because it wasn't too far away. We weren't going to have to battle jet lag. Yes. Who, who did you work with? Can you start there? Oh, yeah. So we worked with EF Tours. Um, and there's a whole bunch of different tour places. I know I have friends that like are ride or die EF Tour people and then other people that like went with other companies whose names I don't even remember. But um, they were great. Like I'm not affiliated with them. They don't they're not paying my bills or anything, but they were really wonderful. All the guides that we had were like super knowledgeable. Other people in my school ended up taking kids on similar trips. Like uh, Iceland was a trip. Ireland, I believe, was a trip. Uh, China? I think they went to China on a trip, Italy on a trip, all through EF tours. And so one of the things that we loved about that was that they make all of the decisions. It's basically like plug and play. You pick where you're going to go, how many kids are going to go on the trip, and then... Based on the number of kids, um, we you are put with other schools. So sometimes that's good. When we went to Costa Rica, we were with another school from Philly, and those kids were like smoking weed the whole time and getting drunk, and it was a mess. Um, and the rule is supposed to be like, if that happens, you get sent home immediately. And that was the understanding with my students is if, dude, if you're up to anything fishy, you're getting sent, you're, your butt's getting put on an airplane right away. And so, because there's too much at stake. So I will say that we went, we took... I don't know, 20 kids, one trip and something around that, the next trip. And it is all pre-planned. It is all like when I was in Rome for a trip for me, like they send you like a, like a test trip. So you can see how it rolls. I mean, from the time the wheels hit the ground, we were off. We were at the Trevi fountain within like the first 30 minutes of landing in Italy. Uh, we were in when we went to the Vatican, it was like walked right into the Vatican. There was no waiting in the Sistine Chapel, walked right into the Sistine Chapel. There was no waiting for that either. It was really remarkable. Um, and so, oh, gosh, um, Fatima is texting me. I'm going to talk about this today. She <coughs> oh. said, you famous. Um, so it was hands down like one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had with students. We took kids that have never left Philly that have never been on an airplane to these amazing countries to do all this amazing, incredible stuff. And my guys just soaked it up. Like the whole time we were there, just were freaking out. If they were like, does anyone want to touch a tarantula? Yep. Hey, does anyone want to eat um, some weird fish that we just cooked in the middle of the jungle in a mud oven? Yep. Like they did Everything that if they were like, does anyone want to do this? My guys were all over that. And if you 
go back on our Instagram feed, or you can actually go on YouTube. I have the videos that are up. Um, Costa Rica has a number of videos. Belize, I think, has one video. But it was it was just the best. I think there's safety. A- What's that, babe? I think there's a video of you talking specifically more details about yeah, how, how to that, take kids do that. On a trip. It's like yeah. yeah. Um, you know what you I'll do is, if, can like you make that. a note? I'll pin a comment and I'll put the links for all of those in the top of this. Um, so yeah, but, but uh, you know, the, the safety was not an issue at all. Both countries that we went to, we felt incredibly safe. The people we were with, like, knew everyone, knew every town, knew like where you should go, where you should be in by dark, um, and it was just. It, the most one I can't even stress it enough that like if you have not thought about especially if you teach middle to high school thought about taking your students on a trip abroad you should do it with regards to um fundraising we did it a couple of different ways one we created a school store that in my early YouTube videos you can see the school store uh that we just made it was very simple we bought stuff from like Sam's Club or BJ's or Costco or whatever and sold it at school for twice the price. It was a little, it was more expensive for the students to buy, but one, they're paying for convenience. And two, I'm trying to raise money, bro. I'm out here just like trying to make cash to feed my kids. And, but then students started coming up with really creative ways. So the other thing was like in Philly, soft pretzels are a big thing. We go Philly pretzel company, buy pretzels and sell them every single day after school, sold out every single day. Um, But I had a kid, Mark, Mark Darden, uh, who's since graduated from high school. Mark Darden came, he went to the dollar store. Beyonce was playing in Philly at like the, that Lincoln, like where the Eagles play, I think. Mark knew it was going to rain. He went to the dollar store and bought like $100 worth of ponchos. And then knew that like, when you go to the Beyonce show, like, you know, like you get, people get dressed up. Like, I didn't know this. Like, I've only ever been like dirty concerts. Um, <laughs> I've never been to anyone fancy before, but. Everyone is like dressed to the nines. Well, the link is an open field. So he sold ponchos because it was supposed to rain that night. And yeah, here's that night. Here's little Mark out there. He's this little short guy like, hey, does anyone want to buy a poncho? And he sold out and spent like he paid off almost his entire trip in one night by doing that. So that was really a fun way, too. But anyway, that's a long answer to it short question (laughs) okay well let's uh move on to sophia is next she's asking how do you bring up to someone that their actions and words are not being supportive so many people who are supposedly supporting me have become very unsupportive and i feel like i'm failing um i i think this is this can line up with like i'll let you birch like how do you have that conversation but one of the things i think is what I found really eye-opening that we did in a master class was the, like, are your, what you do, does that line up with what you say kind of a thing, like your priorities? Are yeah. you actually lining up your with- values. Yeah, thank you. I forgot how how he worded it, but I just loved that exercise to show, it showed me myself of like, okay, well, this is what I say I value or what I think I value. And am I actually doing those things that meet up with those values? Because yep. if, if this is who I say I want to be, and what I'm doing, are they meeting up with that? And I think if you could, I don't know, run that exercise for someone and like. I, that, I, was that? I forget. I think that was it. But was that an Eric someone, Thomas thing? No, I think it was. Uh, Myron? No, a Darius Daniels. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. All right. So there's this idea of like what, what Darius is talking about. who's a mentor of mine. And he's our pastor. Darius talks about this idea of like, um, what are your values? 
And so he says, if you like make a list and I have a list of like exactly what my values are. Right. So like I've talked about this a million times. It is for me, it's God. Then it's me. Then it's my wife. Then it's my kids and so on and so forth. And so, but But when you look at that, who you value like that, I think that you could do like, no, I think it's important to name your values, right? Like, yeah, I was, I was thinking categorizing anyway. That that was just people. That's not even just things that I've, yeah, I I was thinking like categories. Like, so, but in that vein, right. The thing that he gets to and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, he says that, uh, he goes, so you value God. Um, and that's my number one. Am I spending time with God every single day? Am I doing things that would like, like foster my faith? Meet up with your value. So if I value me, if I'm number two, am I doing things every day that show me that I value me? So, you know, Eric Thomas has this idea where he talks about that we get so angry. We get so upset when people don't do what they say they're going to do, when people don't value us, when people don't, when they break their word, when they say they're going to do something and they don't follow through. But how often do we do that to ourselves? And he's like, you have to start with you before you start getting mad at everybody else, which is a really interesting idea. But for me, it re- that made me pause and go, man, like how much time am I like spending on my faith? How much time am I spending on me? How much time am I showing? Do it? Do my actions match up with what I'm saying? So I say I value my wife, but in what ways am I showing my wife that I value her? I can't just do it in secret. And then am I like actively mindfully thinking of how I can like show my wife that I value her. So So in that, I was going to say, how do you bring that up to someone? If you have a loved one, a coworker that you've agreed to like, have this kind of like partnership relationship with whatever the dynamic is, but like, how do you then bring that up? If the, someone is not their value, what they're doing is not lining up to what they said they were going to do. So this is the, this is the fun part because I think there's two, there's two options here. One, if it is someone that you are you are linked with, right? You 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 are like my wife is like this is a this is a no way out situation, right? I'm not going to get divorced. I'm not going to get separated. I'm not going <laughs> to um like this is uh you know we're in it to win it. Yeah, this is 27 years in the making, and so I'm not starting over again unless Salma Hayek was like, bro. Hey. You, no, yeah. just so uh, <laughs> um so like. In that, it's like, I can't leave her. So then that leads to only one thing, and that is difficult conversations. Your life, your success in anything you do in life is based on your willingness to have difficult conversations. That's not arguments. That's telling someone how you feel, having them listen so intently that they can repeat back and you can do the same thing for them, and then I so what we used to do is we would do this thing where like my wife would tell me that uh, she's upset with something that I did, which rarely ever happens. But every yeah. once in a while, <laughs> she would say that I did something that upset her. And then my job was to say, so what I'm hearing is and not in a condescending tone or sarcastic tone. It's what I'm hearing is and then saying that back to them. That's how well you're listening. Then you speak your piece. I think that's the beginning or going to therapy or something like that. Right. So we're talking about like your kids, your your spouse. Um, but look, if it's other people other than that, I think the real conversation is, do you need to be around them? Can you not, can you limit your interactions? So, and that's even family members. I have felt like close family members that they don't know that I'm doing this, but like, I'm slowly just doing this thing and getting away. Um, 
Because if you're not adding to my life, then you're subtracting to my life. And so I can't just be the giver all the time. I need this to be reciprocal and I need this to be something that fills me with energy and I don't have time for anything else. Look, I've, I've, I've done the other way. I've tried and tried and tried and tried, but like people are going to be who people are going to be. I can't change anyone, but what I can do is treat them how to, to treat me. And so sometimes that's a difficult conversation of like, look, I'm not going to have this happen anymore. Um, and I've had that on like, I'm going to, can I use your dad as an example for this? Oh, sure. He's right, so, not here to defend himself. Yeah. So, um, my wife's dad, Steve, uh, Steve was, he's a, he was a rough dude. He passed a few years ago. Um, but he was a, he was a rough dude. He was like, always like just, he's just like, it was hard for him to like say something nice. It was real easy for him to say something negative or like. Yeah look at what you did. And you're like, Oh, Steve, look at this thing I did. And he would be like, yeah. And so he at one point came over my house and spoke to my son in a way that kind of was off putting to me, like, like with a certain tone and a certain demeanor that when he left, I was like, what the hell just happened? Like it, it, it shocked me. So I didn't say anything in the moment, but then I remembered I was like, I have to call him. And I didn't want to, it was really uncomfortable. I didn't want to mess things up. I was afraid of what might happen. I called him anyway, and he was still on his way home. He's like, hey, what, what's up? Did I forget something? I said, no, what, what you forgot was your manners. Um, <laughs> and so here's what happened. Here's what I just witnessed at my house. Um, and I need you to know that that will never happen again. And if it does, you're not going to be able to see my kids because I'm not I'm not raising my kids in a household where like someone can come into their house and treat them that way. So I just need you to know that if you choose to continue to behave in such a way, you don't have access anymore. I'm done. And so that shook him. I remember hearing like his whole demeanor changed. Our relationship was incredible after that. He would just start calling me on random days and stuff like that. We'd like shoot the stuff and try not to curse <laughs> on here. But um, it, it was really it was a game changer. So it's learning how to have those difficult conversations if necessary. And if they don't work, it's how do I not be around this person anymore? You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Jim Rohn said that, and it is utterly, utterly true. The more in my life that I start hanging out with people that sort of like vibrate on a higher frequency. Um, I know that sounds really woo woo, but like whatever. Um, people that are happy, people that are excited, people that are hanging out, people that are doing great stuff. Like it's that Jack Harawak quote of like, um, the, the ones for me are the are the mad ones, the people that burn brighter than a mm. candle like that quote. That's that's what I'm talking about. So that's what I would do. What you got? All right. Our next question. It's bouncing back to Miss Gonzalez. Let's go. Um, she's asking, how do you handle lesson planning for a whole group of 30 plus kids who are in a co who are in co-teach taught most of the day? But when they come to you, there is no co-teacher. I just tried to provide several resource options for all the kids and to hope that I meet all of their needs. Um, yeah, that's a lot of kids. Yeah, and it's in art, so there's not going to be a co-teacher in there. I would, I would. I feel like art should have a co-teacher. You need every more class should have hands. a co-teacher. Well, especially something so hands-on, and you really need help from like the lead teacher. It's great to have like an assistant kind of teacher. I would imagine in the art world. I would. I mean, there's a couple options here. Um, one. I think it's a conversation with your administration, right? Not all problems are, are ours to figure out. Like, and I, not, not, Ooh, I'm not talking about us. That's such an important part, like right. thing to say. Like, yeah. Because I feel like in the, what I, at least what I see or know in the education world is teachers take everything on themselves. Because yes. Instead of going to your administration. And I think that that's. 
And That's when they right. don't have an answer, it's pushing back. Yeah. And then pushing back. Agreed. And then pushing back. And then pushing back. Um, try to come up with some solutions yourself and then go to admin with that. If it doesn't work going to your principal, go to your superintendent, go to somebody, go to somebody that's going to do something because someone like whether it's your head of curriculum, your department head, somebody, hey, listen, this is a real issue. Kids and it's not, you know, it's about you, but I think making things about us gets us not as far. Um, I think when we make things about kids, it gets us further. So play the game. The students are, and this is true too. It's not like you're lying. The students are not getting as much out of my class as they could because I have too many students and I have too many different personalities, learning disabilities, learning differences in one classroom. So we need to figure something out that's going to help these students to win. This is an unfair situation that all these other like so-called more important classes are getting um, are getting have co-teachers in them and we don't. So what are we going to do about this? And then I'm wondering if there's anyone that might volunteer. I'm wondering if like you could reach out to a local college and someone might be willing to come in, even if it's a couple of days a week, if there is a parent or grandparent or something like is there some other alternative where we're not just looking to admin if they say no, we're not just looking to us that we have to figure it all out. But is there some other alternative, um, a friend, a local church, something where folks will come in? I'll, I'll tell you, like I may have said this last week, but um, our school spends a heck of a lot of time uh, sort of policing the lunchroom. Right. There's a lot of people down there every day and they're sitting in the dining hall and they're watching the kids eat lunch and they have to police that situation. And I've said for years, pay grandmoms um, a decent amount, give them $15 an hour and let them come down and keep an eye on the kids. No one's going to mess around if there's a bunch of grandmoms down there. Right. Like, I, I just think that 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 would really work. And you're throwing back to your community like you're giving back to them and allowing them to have opportunity to make some money, to see their grandkids, to be a positive um, influence in their community. So I'm just wondering if there's some other alternative to like what you could do in that situation. All right. Our next question is coming from John Fox. He's asking, I've read in psych books about how external rewards can actually destroy intrinsic motivation to behave, to learn, etc. But some classes and students feel like without a carrot to dangle in front of them, they never stop talking or write something down. What are your thoughts on the effective use of rewards in the classroom? I think rewards are great. I think that everybody works for extrinsic rewards all the time. Um, we work for money. Uh, we do things for compliments. It's how um, our whole world is yeah. built. And so to make believe that that's not a part of it or that you're destroying a child's psyche is just like by giving them rewards, I think is silly. I think the idea when you're I think that idea when you're really little and you don't need the reward yet, like the reward is enough by feeling like you did a good job. You have praise, like those sort of things. I think that no, that's, that's good, good when you're in the fundamental like building blocks of like of that. But when you're a middle schooler and you're a high schooler and you're trying to get people to do things that like they just don't want to do or they don't understand the why behind why they're important yet because they're children, yeah. then I think I think that stuff is fine. But a reward, right? What you're doing is it's not just the, about the reward. It's about acknowledgement. <clears throat> Are you acknowledging someone with a piece of candy, with um, a homework pass, with a sticker? But you can also acknowledge someone with a high five with a hug, with a kind word. Um, it doesn't have to be material, right? So like right. if you're really broke and you can't do it, but I've seen really little things 
make a really big impact on kids. So like I had a kid last year, Terrence, who was a total pain in my butt, never stopped talking, like never, ever, ever, ever stopped talking. <laughs> and even when I talked to his mom, she was like, no, he never, ever, ever, ever stops talking. That's why we send him to school. So Terrence had a really great day in class where he didn't just talk over everyone. I was like so proud of him that when he came in the next day, I'm like, Terrence, here's what you did. What do you want a mini cereal party? And I got out like I had these little boxes of cereal that you get like in the pack of like a like, I don't know, eight or 12 of them or whatever. Um, little bowl, little spoon, uh, candlelit situation on there. Gave Terrence some some cereal of his choice. And it, it was a game changer. Like he, he like he didn't he didn't ask for it all the time. Everything didn't have to get a reward. It wasn't. Can I get some cereal if I do this? It was just a moment of acknowledgement and care. And I think that that's what we're going for, John, is that we're not just going for, you know, I, I noticed with my dog, um, I heard someone say this. Jimmy Duresta said this on YouTube one time that his um, fiance started instead of giving the dogs treats every time they like I got to watch what I say um, with that word because mm-hmm. um, he'll be like, oh, uh, when they like whatever, if they went out and went to the bathroom, right, and you were trying to house train them that was one thing but that what really worked even better was giving them tons of love when they did it and that was how you trained them it was like i'm gonna give you love if you do this thing and i'm not holding love back if you don't do it but like hey you went above and beyond great job man i'm really proud of you like i've seen your growth i've seen what you've been doing i just want you to know that you're doing like incredible work i I think think people underestimate the power of that yeah right totally um Okay, John Lopez. Oh, hold on to your hat. Um, you never know what he's going to ask. Nope. Okay, he's asking, Reynolds, what would you like to say to administration administrators after almost three years into this pandemic? Gosh. I feel like you would have a lot to say to administrators, and it's not just due to the pandemic. I think the pandemic has shown a, put but a light on. But there's some things like, that happen in the pandemic, right? We're like, <clears throat> we talked a few weeks ago about how, like, everyone was like real into social emotional care. And then like, we were like, all right, we got to get off of that and get back well, we to did rigor. One year. <laughs> yeah. Like it's now we're back to rigor. And so I would say that it is utterly important for us to teach the students that are in front of us and not the students that we think should be in front of us, that it is utterly. And what that means is like, look, we need to be testing kids for stuff. We need to be getting on their level. We need to bring them up from where they are and not just lamenting where they are. I think that it is telling administrators that teachers need less stuff to do. No one needs their day filled. Teachers will do that just fine themselves. (laughs) Now, look, sometimes we make rules around the fact that there are teachers that dip out early, that don't really do their work, that aren't handing things in, that don't show up to meetings. Address those individuals individually. Don't make blanket new rules because like, oh, there's a new call out process because someone keeps calling out too much. Go have a hard conversation with that person. Tell them about their calling out and what it's doing to the rest of of the school and to morale and things like that. That's really important too. Um, John, I would tell administrators that school is so unbelievably boring, but I think that a lot of the reason school is boring is that teachers are scared. They're scared they're going to lose their jobs if they try something and if they fail. We need to encourage failure. We need to pat teachers on the back for trying something difficult, trying something new, trying something hard and failing but then learning from that failure and then doing something else. We need to give teachers more autonomy in the classroom so they can actually teach the students that show up and not like whatever the, the curriculum book or, or the new program says the kids are supposed to be at this level. So that's where we're going. 
Um, and there needs to be an easy way to go to the bathroom. I don't know what that answer is. Maybe you put a, <laughs> a urinal in a classroom. I don't really know, but yeah. And love your teachers. School should be like about pouring in. We pour in the students, right? A lot. Um, not as much as we should, but we pour in the students. But we never pour in the teachers. Like that's not some, like I know great administrators, but even like I never hear about anyone that's like, yo, we love on our teachers so much because we want them to be the best. Um, it just doesn't happen. And when it doesn't happen, then what happens when you are in a relationship that you're there to love and someone else isn't? It gets messy. Yeah. Quick. <laughs> All right. Uh, Maisha is up next asking, I'm in a lunch taking rut. It's still too warm to take a hot meal. Sandwiches and salads can get boring. Any thoughts? No, I don't. This is a question for the group because I eat the same thing every day. It's how I try and keep my pant size the same. I do this during school. It was a discuss. It was coffee in the morning. Disgusting smoothie for breakfast. Um, I really like those RX bars and they're everywhere now. I think they're gross. I eat one of those, um, the sea salt and chocolate one, um, like mid morning salad for lunch, but I started going for yogurt and granola instead. And then like whatever we eat. So Maisha, if you're bored with like salads and, and, um, sandwiches, I think yogurt's really, really good. We like Siggy's Icelandic. It's really good for you. It's pretty healthy with like a lot lacking a lot of like weird ingredients um, for yogurt. And we do a granola on top of that. Um, and that's actually really delicious. And I love, and CJ won't t- do this, but I add fruit into my yogurt. Um, I think bento boxes are really great. I got one of those for Marley for lunch. You don't need bags or anything. Yeah. And you can put like more liquidy stuff in each little section or like a yogurt because it seals down with the lid. Um what else do I do? I feel like, so I'll tell you, I recently am gluten free. It's I'm gluten intolerant. I've learned about myself. And so I've had to switch up. That's a lot of sandwiches, right? So I find myself figuring out like, what the heck am I going to eat? Also, I snack. I found that snacking on random small things that I like is just as satisfying as that big sandwich and, you know, sweet treat or whatever it is that you're pairing. Like it's a lot of like weird little things. So I just take a lot of weird little things with me. You do. um, There's all all kinds of time. Like I have seeds and nuts and all kinds of weird things and fruits and vegetables. I just take random cheeses and things like that. And that's actually really filling. And I've made me feel a lot better. So I don't know. Try something like that. It's like it looks like um, a gnome was traveling with me a lot of the time or a fairy. <laughs> I do. I have Some all kind kinds of random stuff in my purse creature. all the time. Um, yeah, you're right. But I think for me, it's it's, uh, you know, I I, I'm not a good person cool. for that either, because you've made me eat so much terrible stuff and drink so much terrible stuff and do so much horrible thing. many horrible things for my health over the years that um, I don't eat <laughs> breakfast or lunch because it's good anymore. I eat it because it's like utilitarian and I just shovel in the fuel and then I keep going. Oh, yay. Jody Lynn. I think that's how we say the last name. I'm not sure. Um, So sorry if I said it wrong. But yes. Oh, my gosh. I would love. You want to email me some tips, some gluten free tips, she said. Oh, she's gluten. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Gluten intolerant for a long time. Yeah, that's yeah, real it's fun. hard. It's super fun when you go out to eat somewhere. And you have to, like, figure it all out. Excuse me. It's been a new life transition for all of us, for sure. All right. Let's move on to the next question. Uncomfortable. We are going. Let's do it. 
Felix is up next asking, my first semester of student teaching is going great. Yay. However, I have one student who has given up on school. She just shuts down and stares at nothing. She does have home issues, but what can I do? I think. Oh, okay. I thought that was going to be a second part to that. Um, Oh, what can I do? Yeah, there is to help her as best as I can to get her involved and have her work to her full potential. All right. So, Felix, what you have to do is one, um, I would call home. So there's there's a lot of steps here. I'm going to try and keep it short. Um, This is stuff I've talked about before. There's probably a ton of videos on the YouTube channel about it. But in short, it is calling home and just seeing. You're not telling them that she's not doing work. You're not telling them that she's uninterested as like a way to tell on her. What you're doing is you're reaching out and saying like, what has worked for your student before and what hasn't worked for your student before? Um, Is there anything about them that might help me to be a better teacher for them, right? So you're looking for any insight that you can. You're also asking that student to, um, I would consider having them do the life odyssey project as like, if they're not doing anything else, give them a side project, 10 moments in your life between birth and now on how you became the person you are. Do it on Google slides. It's really simple. Um, You might get some insight there too. The bottom line here, Felix, is that that student is not, is not performing for a reason, And if you can get to the bottom of it and figure it out, there might be something you can do. There's not always something we can do, but we can provide a safe space for students to explore and express how they think, how they feel and and what's going on in their lives. And when we can do that, when we can get kids to unpack some of that stuff, when we can get them to then connect a why. So like, why are you going to school? Why do we have to learn this? Why are we doing what we're doing? When you can connect that to their life and help them to see that. You know, if their why is bigger than them, right, uh, then then you have a reason to do it. There is a reason to pay your bills, right? If you don't pay your car bill, you get your car taken away. You don't pay for your house. You get your house foreclosed on. You get evicted. Um, There are reasons, right? So it's not like I don't want to go to work and like I really hate my job. It's like, yeah, but do I want to lose my house? No. So I go to work. So it's connecting it to a bigger why so that that student has something to draw on in those hard moments. Maybe it's not about you. Maybe it's about what do you want? If you if your home life sucks and you have little brothers and sisters and you know they're going to have to go through that same crap, can you get out of high school, get into college, get in, get a good job or even not go to college, whatever. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But like, can you create a life where then those student, those children have an escape plan? They can go somewhere else. They can have a weekend off. Uh, like, what are we doing that's bigger than you? That is your why. I think that's where I would start. Well, he did also mention, I saw a, a previous time when I was rolling through comments searching, um, he mentioned that she has an IEP and these sort of things. So I just think like, yeah, if there's like learning disabilities involved in their home life, like, yep. man, the reason for not doing any of the things that she needs to do, it's not just because she's being, it's not behavior. It's there's stuff going on and there's trauma yep. and there's reasons. Some of that you can help. And I think some you can't and you have to just do the best to meet them where they are. But I'll say this for students that feel like it's that relationship that give up often feel like they've been given up on Mm, at some point when they've been failed by the system. Yes. When we can show up and just care for someone, even if they're not doing the work, my, my, my care for you isn't based on whether or not you do my work. Um, my, my care for you is based on the fact that you're a human being and this is the job I've been given to do and the people I've been given to care for. And so 
you have no idea how far that care can go, even if that student never does a damn thing in the classroom, that you just keep saying hi, that you keep being interested, that you keep talking to them and not looking at their grade is like that's the level of which like you care about them. Um, I, you just don't know how far that can go. And even if it, even if you don't ever see any of those benefits in your life or your time with them, um, but it comes 10, 20 years down the road and it's completely without your knowing, I think that's enough of a reason to, to be loving and yeah. kind. And don't people. underestimate that that happens because you've mm-hmm. had so many students that that has happened. Like yes. that. Um, can I talk about this real quick? Oh, sure. If you I like. want to give it away. Oh, yes. Is that all right? Go ahead. I don't know how yet. Damn, oh gosh, I hate the this. giveaway part is like so annoying. I watched, I was on Instagram and I saw somebody's like contest or something and it p- piqued my interest idea. of like, how do you give it away? And it was like, go follow this account. They had like thousands, like 12,000 people. They were like, follow the account and follow all the people that they follow. And I was yeah. like, yes, I would never it's do too such much. a thing. No, what we're going to do. I'm going to go like this right now. No one look, else should ever even do that. This is my buddy, Darius Daniels. Uh, Darius is pastor of my church here in New Jersey, changed shirts. He's also been uh, a huge, huge mentor of mine. Like one of the best, most important people I've ever had in my life. He is incredible. He wrote this new book, uh, Your Purpose is Calling, um, and actually mentions me in the book. That's why I was laughing. My friend Fatima was like, yo, you famous. Um, (laughs) I think it's like page 70 or something like that. But uh, he mentioned me in the book and I was on a call with him the other night. He's like, yo, did you read my new book yet? And I'm like, no, I didn't get to it yet. He goes, what? And I go, why, why are you pushing me? And he's like, bro, I mentioned you in the book. And I was like, oh, oh, my bad. So uh, mentions me as a, as a teacher, as an educator, as an example in the book. And I, I couldn't be more honored to have that happen. So look, what I'm going to do is um, make a post in our Facebook group, Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk. Um, and if you go over there and you're in the group, um, just answer the post if you want it. If you're interested in having the book, I have two extra copies that I would love to give away for free. I got extra ones just so I could give them away. Um, so go in there. Uh, you'll comment on it that you want it. And then we'll pick a, a winner and um, randomly. And then we'll let you know who won. I just want to give a caveat. He is a pastor. It's going to have a Christian oh, element yeah, yeah. if that's not your jam or that would be. You like, I think you can. His, you can ignore that part that, if you really. If, it's still good stuff. It is because like, it's just about your purpose yeah. and what you want to do and be fulfilling. And everybody wants to. And he does life. a really wonderful job of being able to tread that line of like. Oh, he's just incredible. Like uh, even if you're. But he, I mean, he's super Jesus-y, but like. Even if you're not, yeah. you can still see through that and go, this is really just good life advice. Yes. This is really just good for people. So anyway, that's my buddy, Darius Daniels. We're going to give that away. Uh, I'll make a post as soon as this is is done today. All right. Can you take that down? Oh, yeah, sure. Can I put a question up there? Go for it. All right. Michael is asking, what is the line between uh, ribbing? Rib- yeah. 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 Like ribbing and kids. okay, ribbing and bullying for you. Do you err on the side of humor or protection? Middle schoolers love to joke, but you never know how deep things are cutting. Um, down below, I don't know if it's a continued. He did say like he feels like it gets to an elevated level of like we almost like kind of hurt feelings. Like we can get to that level. It can rise to that okay. level. And I've done it before. Yeah, I've I've got I've I've learned how far to push by pushing too far. Mm-hmm. Um, where I've said things and done things I know is have hurt kids' uh, feelings. And I just even take that as a learning experience. And I talk to those students. I apologize. We work through it. I show them what it looks like when a grown-up comes to a kid and apologizes because most students have never seen that before. Um, 
to me, it is, I am always using humor. I'm always making fun of kids. I'm always teasing kids. Um, I'm always messing around. But that is the love language of so many students. If it wasn't, I wouldn't do, I'd still be trying to be funny, but like, I wouldn't like razz them as much. To me, it takes a lot of intuition to be able to look at a student, look at their life, look at their situation and just how much you can tease them. So I used to have a student named Paris and Paris never, ever spoke. I mean, that dude was in high school for longer than he should have been, but he never, ever spoke. And so I used to mess with him all the time. And I'd be like, I'd be talking to someone and Paris is standing next to me. And I'd go, hold on a second. Paris, can you stop? Can you just stop? Like, you're just like, you're just yammering on. I'm trying to talk to this kid. And he thought that was so friggin' funny all the time. Um, I did to another kid that I had last year too, that, um, I would go, he would be walking out of my class. He was this big giant dude. He was really, really quiet, never spoke. And I would say, um, I go, what the Kai? What are you? Come here, man. And then I would give him a hug and I'm like, I'll give you a hug, but I can't, I can't be doing this like all day. Like I, but I'll give you a hug. And just the, the pure, like sheepish smile that he would get that you knew this was affecting him in a positive way. It was seeing him and, and stepping over the way over the line and going way too far Reynolds as usual. But like, that was fun. Now in other videos in my classroom management video, one of the comments I get the most is how I squirt kids with water pistols. But even that is knowing, I know some people just had like a literally a visceral effect when I even brought that up. It is knowing certain students. It's knowing how long I've had them. It's knowing what I can do. So Turtle, who's been on here a million times and is always showing up in the comment section, Turtle is that we're I'm on that level with him that I'm like, Turtle, stop talking. <laughs> he would just walk into my room. He's not even in my class, right? He's a he was a senior last year. He's coming into my freshman class just to stir kids up because we get along on his way to the bathroom. I'm like, bro, get out of here. I'm, you're getting squirted. And he would not do it. So I would like just I would squirt him um, on his blue shirt so that you would see the 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 mark. And I'm like, now you're going back from the bathroom and your shirt's wet. Like, looks like you peed on yourself. Get out of my classroom. Um, it was it's knowing your students. I don't think that anyone could listen to anyone else or do what anyone else does purely by looking at what they do and saying, oh, it works for them. I should do it. Like, don't go in and try and be funny because you watched my videos. and I was funny. Don't go in and use sarcasm because you saw that I use sarcasm. Don't go in and God forbid, please don't squirt kids with water pistols. Um, it is you knowing who you are doing what's authentic to you and then taking it there. I will say, and this is this is another don't do it. But my boy Rufo that I worked with for years, right? Rufo is still teaching in West Philadelphia. Rufo is the lacrosse coach, and he was um, one of the coaches for the football team. Rufo was known for putting kids in headlocks in the hallway. Kids would come up and mess with him, right? Some dude from the football team would come up and mess with him, and Rufo would be like, get over here, and put him in a headlock, and then just keep like working the hallway. Hey, man, you need help with your locker? Okay, I'll come over. And he goes over with a kid in a headlock. Now, I'm not saying that this is a good idea to do, but I'm just saying that Rufo spend enough time with the students to know exactly what their love language was so that they could meet them there. And so that's what we're trying to do with humor, with kind words, with anything else, right? Is knowing that I'm not trying to be cool. I'm not trying to be down. I'm not trying to be everyone's favorite. What I'm doing is trying to show acknowledgement, care, and love for students in ways that feel that are, are, are what, that what lights them up. So some kids I never mess with. I am only kind to all the time because I know that's not their jam. Other dudes that are like a little bit more like 
they'll come in and be like, talk about my pants or like, what's up with them shoes? Reynolds, I'm like, yo, bro, like then I'm it's it's game on. And I often warn them, like, I am better at this than you. I could not fist fight in high school. I only had sarcasm was my only weapon. I know how to use it really well. So be careful. And then <laughs> it's like going back and forth with kids about stuff like so. I think that that's it's it's an intuitive thing for me, and if you don't have that intuition, so what happens then I if you go over? The, did you talk about I wasn't always listening? I've gone over, I'm... yeah, but but it's so. How do you handle that? It's, when you I'll over note it immediately. You can see it in someone's sure. eyes, and I'll go over and say, "I just want to say that I took that too far, and I shouldn't have done that. Um, I really apologize. And if you want to talk about it more, then we can do it. But I want you to know that, like from the bottom of my heart, yeah, all I want is for thing. you to win. All that I want is for you to do well in class." Um, and I'm not telling you this so you don't tell your mom. You can go tell your mom and I'll apologize to your mom too. But like, um, I just want you to know that I respect you. I let kids know that the reasons why I'm teasing them, the reasons that I mess with them, like kids whose nicknames I've given them, um, like they just, they know that so like, I don't. you're telling them like, hey, it's almost my, it's my love language yeah. to you. And I don't mess with kids. Right. If that, that's your jam. That are like, if they're just mean or like, if they're. It's like, not their personality. I, right. Well, I'm saying like there's kids that are soft spoken that I don't do that with. But then there's other kids that like um, I just don't even mess with. If you're that kid, I'm just like, oh, all right. You got well, yeah, I mean, going. I like, mean, you've got emotionally disturbed kids in school. There's all you've kinds got of stuff, right? Anger issues. Yeah. You've got all kinds of things yeah. going on in people, not just kids, but people in general. So you got to read the room and yeah. know how to do it. Okay, so T is asking, I feel like I have no personal life. I am in college for certification and teaching three subjects for a middle school. I usually take some of Friday to watch an episode of Cobra Kai with my husband, but I feel nothing. Just like staring at sand. Is this this a typical (laughs) teacher experience? (laughs) Oh, T. All right. so tired, I think. T, here's here's the gig, right? You got to put it on the calendar. Right. I can't I can't stress this enough. It is. Why do we go on a date night every Friday? Yeah, but it's on the calendar. But So let's say this. All when right. you just feel like staring at sand and you're like, is it exhausted? I think it's for you to determine, like, OK, is it just sheer exhaustion or am I like not feeling fulfilled or something else going on? Right. That's for you to determine. But yeah. if it's just I'm just freaking exhausted and worn down and my brain is like melty. Yeah. Then I think. Sometimes making yourself do those things, sometimes you need rest, but other times if you need to make yourself do them, it can kind of kickstart that like you get your weekend and you need to like do those things and care for yourself. They feel good once you it's always hard to start, I guess, is what I'm saying. It's it's it is hard to start. You have to. And but I think that that's the beauty in putting it on the calendar for anything. Right. Agreed. Like our calendar. I was talking about this yesterday in the lesson planning workshop, like. Our calendar is so dialed in, it's not even done. Like, like Captain uh, no, Organization over here is going to make it even more dialed in, where it's like literally moments are accounted for throughout the day, whether that's praying, eating together, um, whether that's meeting my daughter. Out, we have a whole party outside of our house every day when my daughter rides up on her bike from school. Every day. There's a sign. There's often balloons. We dance out there. And so when she turns the corner at the end of my block and starts coming down, it's me, my wife, my son, and my dog out there. My calendar is is blocked out, right, for every single day, right, for moments. The beauty in that is that once you start doing that, you start building in rhythms, and once you start building in rhythms, then it's hard to not do stuff anymore. That um, and that can be really small, right? Make make little 
times for yourself. Like you can have a mini date on a Friday night, right? Like you could just chill and watch Cobra Kai, but like you could like what's something that y'all love doing together? What's somewhere that you like to go to? What's somewhere that gets you out of your normal, right? So that's what you're looking for. Yes, that breaks it. Like that breaks that like wanting to stare in the sand, like that feeling. Yeah. Yeah, because you have to you have to even if you don't want to do it, don't even go home at the end of the workday. If you ha- if you know that that's your trigger for tiredness, then go like see if your husband can just meet you right after whatever you're done doing, whether it's teaching your school on Fridays and go out somewhere or make it a different night of the week. It doesn't matter what night it is, but you're building in those rhythms, building in time for a phone call with a friend, building in time for um you know, taking a walk with your dog. What my therapist told me last year, he's like, um, pet your dog when you come home from school, when you're stressed. He's like, it literally, there have been studies that have shown that just petting your dog, it lowers your cortisol level. It, um, taking when, a walk, someone else said, someone in the Facebook, hit. Facebook group talked about transitions. They said they struggled with transitions yeah. from like, especially the school to the afternoon. And it was such an awesome thread. You could probably go look it up and find it in there. Yeah. It was such a great thread because it, everybody talked about the things that they do, all of their little tips and tricks. And it was so awesome to see like, hey, this is a normal thing. And that if you just put something it. into place, you can transition a lot smoother, a lot more effective and efficiently to get to really where you want to be. Yeah. Um, Here, here's the bottom line, T. And, and you're, in a, you're, in a, you're in a weird spot right now, right? Because you're in school and you're teaching school and you're married. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of needs that need to be met there. Mm. But I think part of, you know, and this might be a good date night activity anyway, Figuring out what is the life that you want to have, right? So many of us just like we went to college, we got jobs, and then we try to fit life into our career instead of remembering that the whole thing is your life. That's all we're living is life. There's not work and life that you have to balance out. It's, It's all life. So what do you want that life to look like? Like optimally, what would it look like? What time are you waking up? What are you doing in the morning? How do you feel? When are you going to work? When are you coming home? When are you spending time with your husband? When are you spending time with your your pets, with your friends? Like, And then what are the other things that you like doing, right? Do you like playing music? Do you like playing golf? Do you like playing tennis? Do you like skateboarding? Do you like um, gardening? And then looking at a plan of like, what, what? how could we get to this? This is what I want And then just trying to figure out how you can start doing some of those things. And I love that activity because it allows me to dream and have big picture what I want and then start fitting in those things. What are you laughing at? I'm laughing at Miss Gonzalez saying she can see me in the Philly poster. (laughs) You're getting closer and closer to being I know that's what she's saying. (laughs) You're getting there. Okay, sorry. I totally interrupted. All right. Sorry, I was done. Were you done? I'm finished now. I'm sorry, T. I hope that helped for you. No, that was a good answer. Um, Okay, Marcel is next. Asking, I do a project similar to your Odyssey called Five Events That Made Me. Nice. Oh, I love that name. Uh, I have 125 kids. It takes about three minutes to read slash grade. Any tips on how to make this easier on me? Currently grading on weekends. So, Marcel, when I do the grades for those projects, um, I often do it while kids are presenting. So I'll have students present or students that make videos and, and put them up. Uh, and then I just have a rubric in front of me and I just do it as quickly as I can while they're doing it. It's really just like, you know, there's certain parts that have to be looked at. So oftentimes I have to go back and look at like things like punctuation. Did you meet certain requirements? But like those big ticket items, like was there, did you have 10 slides? Did you have a picture for every slide? Did you have a quote 
the three quotes that you need to have was um, did every slide have a date or a basic time period and a brief explanation like those things I can see at a glance. And so that helps you to just get that out of there faster. Um, but it's while they're presenting that I like I'm sitting there and then I'm like filling it out and then doing the other stuff. And that helps me. All right. Our next question is coming from Jody. How many kids would be too many to take on a trip abroad? And were you the only supervision with that group? Um, I was not. So there are, I think the, I think EF requires you to have one adult for like every six kids or something like that. So the first time I went, I went with my friend, Miss Flounders. Um, the second time I went, I went with my friend, Miss Yonkers. And then that was enough that, that we had. Um, but plus we already like, we didn't just take anyone, like anyone's supposed to be able to go, but I wasn't doing that. If I can't trust you, like I'm not taking you to a foreign country to, to go do stuff. Like you need to represent. And so, um, I did take kids that others thought, Oh, what do you, you're re for real? Like you're going to take that child. Um, but I know what my connection was. So he might even watch this. My dude, miles. Remember when Miles came oh, with us yeah. and Miles was always in trouble in school. He'd stand up in the middle of class and you start doing backflips off of desks all the time. He was always in trouble. Um, but he was one of those kids that you could see had greatness in them. And he probably had the best experience of any kid I've ever taken on a trip. Like the most impact of any kid I've ever taken on a trip. Um, so well, in fact, that uh, did you know he married a girl that we met on the trip? No, stop yep. it. I knew he met Remember a girl. Remember the girl he the hooked kids? up with? Yeah. And then it like, <clears throat> didn't that go well? It was a whole mess. It was a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. He got, got married like, to her. Stop yeah. it. I don't know how they didn't have me officiate that thing. I know, right? You weren't even, <laughs> that wasn't even happening without me. I'm just saying. How did you not go you to that wedding? should have went back to Costa Rica and had the wedding there. That's awesome. Um, That's yeah. a crazy story. So it's, uh, and then only take, look, <clears throat> I have colleagues that have taken parents with them too as, as chaperones. Whoever you end up taking as a chaperone, make sure that's someone you trust. Make sure that's someone that you're not going to have to pick up after or like, like, and what I mean is like not physically, but it's like, are they doing their jobs? Are they helping out with students? Are they, um, are they being an active participant in what you're doing? Because uh, everyone's super stoked and excited to go, but it's a lot of planning. It's a lot of work to get it done. It's a lot of mind share of like, are we all at the airport? Do I have everyone's passport? Does everyone have their bag? Did everyone remember their stuff? It's a lot of that because you're dealing with teenagers that don't forget, like that don't remember like everything. And so it's um, like I had a kid, Mark showed up to go to the trip and his carry on bag. <laughs> it's on a video. If you go was watch filled it. with five pounds of Swedish fish and five pounds of uh, sour, sour patch, patch kids. kids. And that was which it. came in really handy later when we were stuck in a riverboat for three or four hours trying to get somewhere. But that's all he brought on his whole that was a whole carry-on. <laughs> then he had a whole suitcase filled with 97,000 other things, but that was his carry-on. And so, yeah, it was like, oh, but goodness. yeah, so take people that you love being around, not people that you can tolerate, people you love being around. And a responsible co-teacher partner. That's yeah, gonna both of my you. people were like the best. <clears throat> they just made it great just being yeah. there. All right. Uh Mr. Tran is up next asking, my mentor teacher is wanting me to be more of a co-teacher. I've never been a co-teacher. What did yours do? How can I be a good supportive one? First of all, Tran, it's been a minute and I'm happy to see you back. Um, I I mean, maybe you've been on here. Right? I just haven't seen a question from you. So um, <laughs> the so the, look, 
I think that's a conversation to have with your with your mentor teacher, right? What might this look like? For me, it's looked a lot of ways. I've had horrible co-teachers that were like literally the worst people I've ever worked with in my life. And then I've had really incredible co-teachers. So like when um, Kayla and I were co-teaching the last few years together, we got to this place where you really, it was, it would be really difficult if you just walked in to know who was the lead teacher. We got to a place where like, we would so effortlessly, like the students would come in, I'm shaking everyone's hand. She's getting everyone situated in the classroom. I come into the classroom. We start the, um, we start the timer. I tell the students what they're supposed to be doing at the end of that transition or while I'm doing that C is in the classroom, like trying to get kids situated, making sure that they're on target, make sure that they know exactly what they're supposed to be doing, handing in things you're supposed to be handing in. I then take attendance um, or then, then we switch activities. C takes the next one without missing a beat. And she's doing vocab review while she's doing that. I'm taking attendance and I'm um, checking for, for participation points for students that are doing their thing. Then we go right from that to me jumping into like the main lesson. When we read in class, we both read, we both read in character all the time with all the voices and the music and all the stuff. So it was like this well-orchestrated situation that we created where it was like we were just flowing with one another. Um, I've seen other classes that like the lead teacher is very evident and the co-teacher is basically like kind of waiting like a lifeguard. It's like an educational lifeguard waiting to see where they could be used then executing. But I would really push for you to have some sort of active part in the class as well, even if it's small. Um, and then you build from there, like I've done in the past where I've taught everything except for vocabulary. And my co-teacher would just teach vocab. And so that was a way that we would do it as well. But um, I think if you're going to co-teach, it's like we're Daryl Hall and John Oates over here, bro. Like we're, you know, we're we're boys to men. We're 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 doing this thing together. It's not just like, well, Darren Hall and John Oates are not a really good example because we all know that um, John Oates was like the background guy with the mustache. But, uh, Imir Williams is here saying hello. What up, Imir Williams? Mm-hmm. Amir Williams, he went to um, Belize, he went to Belize with me. Um, so you can ask him questions in the chat too. Uh, Amir, people are asking about um, taking students abroad, what that was like, and Amir was uh, was like, it just had a great time. He was the kid that when they were like, does anyone want to hold a tarantula? And he was like, yep. And we were like, oh snap, <laughs> no thanks. And he was the first one to do it when we went to the school we went and visited the school i remember coming out and talking to him and he was like his mind was so blown that like i think they had like one stapler in the whole school or something Mm. like that and like just what that was like but like everywhere we went he was one of the only kids that went scuba diving with me um and we were like, heck yeah. I tried all the other dudes. I'm like, yo, we got free scuba diving. Does anyone want to do it? And they I were didn't like, know no. that. Nobody yep. wanted to go. It was me, Imir, and I probably Miwan, because yeah, yeah, Miwan he did a lot. Uh-huh. that dude. <laughs> but um, yeah, Imir, fantastic, man. Uh, all right. Well, let's get to a few more questions. Summer Tate is asking, any tips on how to help students overcome stage fright? I have seventh and eighth graders who are having difficulty finding their voice and giving presentations. Um, so first of all, Summer Tate, I feel like I've seen you in a second. And so, well, glad to be back. Glad you're back. Um, I, I think for me, it is when I, when I have kids do presentations, right, this is the, this is the part where like, I can really kind of connect this. Anyone that has to present 
um, if they really have anxiety. So what I do is try not to like, uh, I can be like a real old school dude sometimes where I'm like, dude, just go do it. Just like, stop, like, just go do it. And I realize now, like as an adult, uh, somewhat fully functioning adult with children, um, that that doesn't work. I've seen this with my own kids where like, I can try and push them and it's like, no, their anxiety is real. And just pushing through doesn't do it. So what I do is I rig the game so they can win. So I have students that have to present, but I'll have them say like, hey, um, pick three of your friends or get like a couple of teachers that you know and that you trust. And I want you to bring them in after school and you're going to present for them. So you're rigging. So they're still presenting. They're still doing it in front of people. But you're starting at a place where this is comfortable, where I'm not so freaked out by this. I think the other thing is the camaraderie piece that kids that feel like they belong, feel like they can do. And when you don't feel like you belong, everyone is talking about you. Everyone like, you know what I mean? Like you, you, my son will say, Brody and I had this conversation the other day. He said, whenever a group of teenagers, if, if he's oh, sitting yeah. on the porch, um, if a group of teenagers walk by, he gets very, very nervous. And it's because you're always thinking about, is something going to happen? And what are they saying about me? But when you know what they're saying about you, when they know you, they love you, when they, you know that they are supportive of you, when they know that they right. want you to win too, then that changes things. So I would try to create more moments for those students that they are getting love from people, even if you have to hook it up. So one of the ways that we do that in school is if I have a freshman who's very, very insecure, very quiet, very uh, has a lot of anxiety, a lot of unsuredness, um, I'll go to someone who's like awesome. Like, so Imir would be one of those people where I'd say, yo, Imir, see this kid over here? This is Jabril. What I want you to do is in the hallway today, if you see him, just go, yo, what up, Brill? Um, and that's it. You don't have to hang out with them. You don't have to eat lunch with them, but you're just acknowledging their existence in a positive way. And that has huge impact over time because then that kid starts feeling seen, starts feeling heard, starts feeling like they matter. And I just think that that's a really easy way to kind of like start building confidence in students so that they can start doing what they're meant to do. All right. Steph Shook is up next asking, my own child is having issues with her math teacher, not fully explaining the lessons and purposefully adding unsolvable questions on their test. How can I support her without being a helicopter? Oh, Steph, this is my life. My daughter told me the other day I helped too much. Yeah. Okay. That's in a different, that's out is of it? context. Yeah. It's in, in a different context. Like when she's having anxiety attack and something's not going right and you try and help her. Yeah. It's too much. She's like annoyed. It, that just adds fuel I to the fire. Um, sure. She's not allergic to love. Yes. I'm positive. Okay. Uh, maybe your love. <laughs> not mine. Um, <laughs> no, I, I really think. All right, let me ask as a teacher, is is it right to put unsolvable questions on a math test? That just feels so wrong to me. And that I would I don't teach math. I would it's like I would email the teacher like, as I the think parents. I'm not wrong, a teacher. Right? Like I think true and false questions are like they're evil. I am not a teacher. I am a parent, but my kid also has struggles with math. And to have unsolvable, well, Let's just not even make it about my child. There's a math anxiety is just real. If we can recognize that that's a thing, why would you ever as an educator put unsolvable problems to just create more math anxiety? Because you don't know. Right. So that being said, Steph, I don't think it's a helicopter by emailing and saying that. Like, 
And that's what I would do as the parent. But, but how how would well, I let CJ form that email how, instead of me? Why? I'm very direct and but, very a little aggressive. And, and which is fine. It was needed sometimes. But I say going with curiosity. Hey, I'm curious as to why there are unsolvable problems. Like, what is the logic behind this? Maybe there is something there that you just don't know about, right? Um, it's putting on their um, putting on that teacher's radar that your student is having a hard time. Now, I just think. That it's the old, like, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. And look, I've never tried to catch flies with honey or vinegar before. It's weird. It seems like a whole waste. But um, but in, I see you, you're right. You're you're holding your breath. I am. For me. Hold on a second. Hold on a second there, wife. We can see you. We can see you jumping around in the Philly poster over here. Um, it, it is trying to lead with kindness i think gets you more favor from educators because then they want to help because they know that you're nice and you're not just being mean um i felt that way as an educator like i love when parents send like a kind but but a kind email that still is needs answering but like yeah yeah. and i agree your tactic i agree i will say that your tactic is is not mine that's not my tactic initially but it, it is always my second tactic right like it's once i get like annoyed and pissed off and i like let that so out you mean first and yes. then oh 100 percent. it's like after the storm i but like they write, might be in the eye of the storm they don't even know it there no i write two mean- emails <laughs> i write a mean one and then i edit it but um i'm sorry everybody who's a teacher that has to do with parents like me I just, I don't mean to be mean. Um, I really don't. But I do. So that's not even, I will say that everybody seems to agree in the comments that that is not a great tactic to use with students to put unsolvable problems in. So then the other part, so I think that one, that just needs to be addressed. But then the other part of it is the teacher is not fully explaining the lessons. So that means you're not teaching appropriately. You're not teaching a complete idea or thought or like you're how are your kids supposed to find mastery so over in the that subject? Case, so to me, both of those things need to be addressed. It's having that difficult conversation. They're right? not hel- helicopter issues is, is what I'm trying no, to no, clarify, not, right? Not you have every right to yeah. send the email yeah, or have a conversation. It, who else is going to do it, right? Yeah, because both so, of those things are wrong. And then I think if necessary, it's it's having a conversation with the school about transferring your student to another, um, another class, another teacher. Or getting an intervention help or moving them a small group or something like that. Yeah, but right. I would definitely address it. We can end there if you would like. You want to do one o'clock. more? Uh, sure. I'm getting really hot with this I sweater know. on. It's, it is very hot. It's I hot take my here. sweater off. Well, I don't um, have sleeves on my shirt, so I can't take this <laughs> shirt off. Would, do you want to give everybody uh, a tip for, for go. There? Whenever you wear a sweater, <laughs> don't wear sleeves underneath because it gets all bunched up in your sleeves. Or, yeah. So um, cut them off. Oh, my gosh. There's so much chatting going on. In the comments, which is wonderful. Kids, pay okay, attention. We got a question. <laughs> All right, Mallory's up asking, not teaching related, but I'm on. This is a great one to end great. on. I'm on fall break and want to binge some good TV. What's some great things you've watched you right now. recently? One, Ted Lasso is the best show I've watched in the last ten years. That's happy. Um, there are other shows I watch that are like darker. Peaky Blinders, Game of Thrones. Stay away from those. Yeah, I mostly. typically do. Yeah, I try to because um, and not like. It just doesn't add to a good mental health space it's, all it's, the time. I, and if you're look, dealing with something or if you have a lot of stress on your... I went through phases. I loved dark, like, 
Even, was that crazy weird show that you watched? The following. It was like. No, what was the other one? Weird. They always have weird thumbnails. I don't know. There's always weird things. I did one with like, yeah, the following was like Edgar Allan Poe and somebody was weird and murdery. And I like all those shows, but yeah. we try to stay away from them. Um, they're well, not they just the like most beneficial. It's like, I find that like I'm watching a bunch of Walking Dead and then I'm going to go to bed. It's like the last thing I'm thinking about is freaking Walking Dead or um, if you watch Game of Thrones, like some of the heinous things that would happen, I was like, that's not the last thing I want in my mind before I go to bed. Right. So I just cut it out. But our yeah. new show, our new show hacks is on HBO Max. It is worth paying for HBO Max. So I am not funny. affiliated with this at all. It is so good. It's this woman that used to be on designing women back in like 1986. Um, and it is, it is just great. Like it will fill you with hope and, and, joy and happy to be alive it's, same it's thing. funny it's ted about Lasso comics. Is the same way it's, ted it's lasso a, just makes you like want to be a better person to people that show does hacks i don't think it makes me want to be a better person it's just funny uh, but it also and i think it shows what hard work takes i think it shows a lot of like um yes. like building a business a brand a career all that stuff is yeah. really interesting right now especially from the point of view of a woman who was like you learn all the like it just yeah. gives you a lot of insight on a lot of cool things i just thought it was great so look that's a good place to end look before you go gang um right now i'm going to go in the facebook group i'm going to make a post for this book right here um your purpose is calling this is my uh pastor and mentor darius daniels just came out with this new book um i mentioned in here i think it's around page 70 or so so if you're interested in a copy i'm going to give away two of these you just have to go to our facebook group we're not going to make you jump through any other hoops i'll make a post you put a comment underneath that you would like it and i'm going to give this away uh i have two copies i'm going to give away to people so that is my way of just like helping out my buddy and spreading the word um i mean if you're looking for something that's going to like fill you up like his youtube channel is great like there's not a thing that this guy does that is not like my favorite so he's fantastic so that's it gang we hope that you have a really lovely and wonderful week um thank you to everyone that made it to the lesson planning workshop yesterday i hope it was really really valuable to you even though we were 13 minutes late because we had tech issues and there's like on the video there's 13 Stress. minutes of nothing i think i fixed that it's it's should be it should be remedying that now so it's going to get edited out so people can watch back but um that's it anything else wife nope cool nothing i got all right gang have a good week see you next week peace